0: together growing in faith changing communities my dear brothers and sisters the the readings are quite powerful I'd like us to look at the gospel of Luke chapter 15 now the author wants to give us the story of the prodigal son as a parable But like many other parables, he is giving us an expose of answering a particular question. And the question that the author wants to answer is given to us in verse 1 to verse 3. And what is the question that the parable is trying to answer? This is the question. The text collectors and sinners are drawing near to hear Jesus. It is the tax collectors, it is the sinners, they're coming to Jesus to be with him, to sit with him, to listen to him. Show me your friends, I will tell you who you are. The birds of the same further flock together. And so you see Jesus in one aspect And you see the company that he keeps and you start to wonder, are they of the same cloth? Is Jesus the same as the tax collectors and sinners? And I just want to remind you, especially for those who are joining with me in the Bible study, whenever Luke Luke uses the word tax collectors and sinners, the sinners is referring to the as uh, the prostitutes. So it is the sinners, the prostitutes, and tax collectors who are in the company of Jesus. But there seems to be a problem. The Pharisees, the scribes, are complaining. The Pharisees and the scribes are men who are vested in the scriptures these are men who have studied the Torah, we have studied the prophets, we have studied the writings, they know it the scribes are the ones who have written a lot of this and so they will always keep at bay tax collectors, sinners prostitutes and the rest but why is Jesus with them that is the question this man receives and eats with sinners. What does it mean that he eats with sinners? If I'm prepared to have a meal with you, it means I'm also prepared to share my life with you. That is the problem. Now, how does the author answer this problem? He answers it by giving us a parable, an exposing. And what does he do when he does this? He says there was a man who had two sons. One was younger. The second one was older. And obviously, if you know the Jewish culture and the Jewish system, the older son is the one who has the right to inherit. Everything that his father does automatically should go to the older son, a great portion of it. But secondly, should the father die, who takes over the household? It is not the younger son. It is the older son who has a responsibility over the household, even at the expense of his mother. Now, the author continues, and he says... The younger son approaches the father, unheard of. And when he approaches the father, he says to the father, Give to me that which belongs to me. You know the story quite well. The father gives it to him and the son leaves home. Let me stop there for a moment. How many of us have prayed for certain things and God gave us the things we've prayed for. And when the Lord had given us that which we prayed for, we realized that what was given to us as a gift has made us walk away from God. We've left home, we've left the church, we have changed. We are no longer the people we used to be. We are no longer as responsible as we were. We no longer associate with people because sometimes money and wealth can make us big headed. Sometimes status and everything can make us aloof. And so how many of us have prayed for certain things? Upon receiving those things, we are changed. We are no longer the same. But how many of us have moved away from that which once gave us life? How many families have struggled Because somebody has got a promotion, or somebody earns more money, or somebody has bought something, and now there seems to be tension amongst us. That which was supposed to be a blessing has now become a curse. And sometimes you hear somebody say, I wish that God had never given you that, because upon receiving that, you have changed. The other aspect that I see here, he has left home. And obviously, as he left home, he has everything that he needed. And he was quite okay. He was quite content, but he wasted everything. Whatever I have, there is no guarantee that I will still have it tomorrow this too shall pass I may be financially okay I may be stable for now that does not necessarily mean tomorrow I will still be okay always go back to what we've experienced with COVID who would have thought that the shares of Sasol will go down and only cost 40 rand. One of the biggest companies. Who would have thought that certain big mega businesses will crumble at the fate of a pandemic? Looting. Who would have thought it will take? Nando's and Africa's here in Montclair all these months to come back on their feet who would have thought of that and so there are certain things in our lives that are beyond our comprehension but also there is a greater reality to say never ever think you are self sufficient things can change Things will change. Only a fool can say, I don't need you. There's also another thing. When this young man is away and things are no longer going according to plan. He comes to his senses. Verse 17. I am. Have messed up. I made a mistake. And that for me is a turning point. If I know this is not working. Why do I persist doing it? My dear brothers and sisters. You can pray. You can stand on your feet. You can stand on your head. You can stand on your arms and ask that the orange tree give you grapes you will never find it there are certain things in life where the writing is on the wall i'm not getting this what am i doing differently there is nothing wrong with changing an approach there is nothing wrong going back to the drawing board and say I tried, it didn't work. Let me try something else and see. You cannot do the same thing over and over and expect different results. If I want something to change, I need to change how I'm doing it. Because if this is no longer working, find something else. But there's also another thing that I love. I cannot blame everybody for everything that is not going well in my life. The young man says, I have messed up. I need help. And sometimes only when I take responsibility, I begin to grow. It didn't work, that's fine. They did this, that's okay, but what did I do? How did I contribute to this? How could I have prevented this? How could I have done this differently? How could I have respected or responded to this problem? I'm not denying that there are certain things that are objectively out there, but I still have a responsibility, at least To myself. What is my contribution to this? How do I take ownership? The third thing that touches me with a young man. There is no shame in admitting guilt. I'm sorry. I messed up. And this is a big thing for us as parents We hardly say we're sorry We mess up in raising our children sometimes We overcompensate sometimes And when things fall apart You know it's easy to lie to a 2 year old A 3 year old, a 5 year old They will catch you don't lie when I'm 16 because I know the difference don't lie when I'm 20 I know the difference some of us as adults are burying the hurt the lies the betrayal of our parents that we saw as we were growing up and when we speak to our parents about it they put a defensive wall why is it hard to apologize, why can't I sit you down and say, I thought I was right? Why do I need to live a lie? And this young man says, No, I'm going to my father and I'm going to tell him, Dad, I have sinned. What I did. Was wrong, and I have no excuse for it. I just want you to know that I've messed up, and I'm also willing to take punishment for it. The other point that I find powerful he doesn't sit and think and stop there, no, he takes action. The church has always said to you, One piece. Work for justice. So if I need something to be done, let me do something about it. It's only one thing to sit, think, pray about it. But the next and the most important step, do something about it. I messed up, daddy. I'm sorry. And the father welcomes him. The last point I want to highlight to you is the reaction of the elder son. It's full of anger, he's resentful. I stayed, I looked after my father when you were gone, I looked after the household when you left. I picked up the broken pieces when you stole from us. Why are you coming back? And many families are struggling with that. I looked after mom in her old age. I looked after my dad when he had Parkinson's. Where were you? Where were you? Why do you need to inherit? Many people think the older son... Was the noble one he stayed at home he worked hard but it was bitter he was angry why do you stay if you're not happy May the virgin mother of god continue to be with us to protect to bless and to guide us the father the son and the holy spirit amen